Well, hello everyone. Welcome to Freedom International live stream. This is Grace Asagra of Quantum Nurse Podcast. And as most of you know, I co-created this podcast because I wanted to make sure that I could bring excellent speakers and truth uh, provocateurs so that we can continue to change the course of our history. And so, and I'm very excited today that I was able to finally have Dr. William Mackis. And Dr. William Mackis, thank you so much for being here. Well, thank you for having me on. Yeah. So, and don't forget to the viewers, whatever resonates to you, do like, subscribe, share, keep sharing, and whatever call to action, do your best to do something, okay? Small things, big things, and really, no matter what, don't let anyone take the joy out of your life and always believe in yourself because together we can make such a difference. Well, what I know with Dr. William Mack is, is just a little bit, but I'm sure as you search his name, William Mack is MD, you'll have tons of information. And especially if you also subscribe in his Substack, okay, substack.com at, at Mack is MD you'll find him there. So she, he's reachable. And he is a general physician with expertise. Um, oh no, not a general physician, sorry. He, he's a Canadian physician with expertise in radiology, oncology, and immunology. And he is also a govern, Governor General's Medal, University of Toronto Scholar. And he has over 100, 000, uh, 100 plus peer-reviewed medical publication. And that was maybe he did this uh, two years ago that he wrote this. But as of now, I'm sure it may be 200 plus peer-reviewed medical publication. And he's one of the household names going on because as I mentioned before, he's truly a sincere truth provocateur that we need, okay? Because some of us think that since uh, we can sort of freely move now, we're traveling. Uh, most people don't wear the mask anymore. So, you know, so they said, okay, it's over. No, and you and I know that it's not over. So, okay. And so I'm so glad that be, Dr. Mack is now is very, it, it, I don't know how he sleeps or he, if he has time to sleep, but he, that he can do this because we still need more and more and more on doctors and other um, professionals, as well as ordinary people like you and me to speak more about it because we have, our fight has just begun. So thank you again, Dr. Mackis. I think my first question would be just as since this is your first time with me in this platform, how about you tell the audience again of what kind of make you like, okay, let me just do this because you could have just stayed quiet, right? Because we've been doing this, I've been doing this podcast since 2020. And so I said, hey, I didn't know you before and suddenly now I knew you. So go tell the audience and maybe you could also connect them with your your practice before. So it's not even that you ju just, you practice especially for your oncology treatment or your cancer program, please. Yes, well, thank you very much for having me on. You know, I'm a Canadian doctor. Um, I went to school at McGill University 
It's uh, considered the best medical school in Canada. And I was practicing um, mainly radiology, and then I shifted my practice more to oncology. I was diagnosing and treating cancer patients. Um, and I ran into corruption in the Canadian healthcare system before COVID-19. And so I was, I was battling with, uh, with the government, uh, with, the, with the health authorities, and I realized just how much corruption there is in the healthcare system. Uh, and then COVID-19 hit. Um, and I was actually uh, semi-retired uh, because they took my medical license hostage and they wanted me to stop speaking out about corruption. At some point, they gave they, they offered me a lot of money to stop speaking out. And so in 2020, you know, I was actually in court. They were trying to get my Twitter account shut down, not because of COVID-19, but because, you know, the corruption that I was exposing before that. And so I was in legal battles and I really didn't, um, I didn't, I really didn't feel like speaking out about COVID-19 and the lockdowns and the things that were happening. Uh, part of me felt that maybe that was just going to blow over, that it was a it was a short period of time. It was a crazy time, but, you know, that maybe all of this was going to blow over. And then in early 2021, I realized, especially with the vaccines, when they started aggressively pushing the vaccines uh, and very dangerous experimental products that I knew from my time as an oncologist, I knew that they had experimented with these things, that they had experimented with lipid nanoparticles, that they had experimented with, uh, that they had experimented with mRNA. And I knew that these technologies that they were trying to use for these COVID vaccines didn't work. They had never worked before. And so I realized there's something very wrong here with these COVID vaccines. Uh, I need to start speaking out because they started talking about vaccinating children, which made no sense because children were not at risk. Healthy children were never at risk for COVID-19. And I saw, you know, in Canada, they really wanted to vaccinate all the children and they were very aggressive about it. Uh, of course, I have two young children as well, and I was very opposed to, to these vaccines, mRNA vaccines in children. So I started speaking out on Twitter in 2021. And um, unfortunately, what happened was, you know, as I started speaking out more and more, um, Twitter started censoring everybody who was speaking out about the COVID vaccines, you know, about the lockdowns, people were starting to lose their accounts. So I saw, you know, I saw Dr. Malone lose his account. Uh, of course, then eventually Dr. Peter McCullough, for example, lost his account and I lost my account. And the reason they censored me was because I said children five to 11 years old should not have these COVID vaccines. Uh, there was evidence that the vaccines were damaging their immune system of these children and that vaccinated children were actually doing worse over time than unvaccinated children. Uh, and I lost my account for a year. And so uh, I disappear from social media for all of 2022 because I was banned. I was censored for trying to stop the vaccination, COVID vaccination of children. And then I got brought back on Twitter in 2023, beginning of 2023. I get brought back on Twitter. I start my Substack. Uh, and then, you know, I've been speaking out as much as I possibly can. And I'm really trying to just bring knowledge uh, to people and also to show that, you know, what types of harms are, are vaccinated people experiencing? Because this is something that the pharmaceutical industry doesn't want people to know. They don't want people to know about 
the harms to pregnant women, for example, or the harms that young people are experiment experiencing, whether it's myocarditis, pericarditis, blood clots, uh, you know, these kids that are collapsing, whether they're collapsing doing sports or they're collapsing at school, they don't want people to know the individual stories. Uh, and this is where it really, I get attacked a lot, is for bringing individual stories to people. I, I put them on my a Twitter account. I put them on my Substack. So I'm trying to get as much uh, information and knowledge uh, out there as I can. Yeah, the, the one unique thing for me that I see about uh, uh, Dr. Mackey's Substack, just for the audience to know, is that he posts a lot of videos and articles. So when you go to his Substack, it's not just one reference, but so many references. And even because not, not all of us have seen the videos, maybe from Children's Health Defense, but from other documents. So he, his, him and his team, and I hope he's got a big team, but I know if nothing else, he's got a very dedicated team, do that constantly. And that's a lot of work. But it, these are stories to be told, okay? Do, do, stories to be acknowledged. And isn't that interesting that even before Dr. Mackey's um, uh, oncology, uh, oncology or cancer program, uh, we, most of the people know already that there are so many doctors way before who've been canceled. That's why, why do you think some people go to Mexico, to other countries, so that they could get their cancer treatment treated, all right? So if these things are happening before, just keep in mind. But also at this point, we need to keep talking. And Dr. Marcus, sometimes I hear, I hear comments like, okay, well, where not everything is being mandated now. So meaning, you know, you, you not everyone's asking uh, when you go to Starbucks, which they used to ask for your card. And so some 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 groups in the freedom, freedom movement said, it's a free will. Sure, it's a free will. But I truly appreciate that you're still talking about the now all the hidden dangers. That's, it's not actually hidden danger anymore. And I, I, and so maybe you could begin again, just a little bit of your highlights of some stories of children, because when the children is involved, I'm a mother, I'm a grandmother, and many of us, for the children, like as if we can just settle down and do nothing, maybe, but for the children. So tell yeah. me the highlights of those. You know, you, you bring up a good point in that, um, you know, some people think that just because you're not forced to wear a mask or you're not forced to take the vaccine, uh, that it's over. And, and, and the problem is, is that we're seeing, I'm seeing harms to people who were mandated two years ago to take the vaccine. They are still suffering harms to this day. They're still getting the blood clots. They're still getting the heart damage. They're still getting cancers now. This is long-term effects of mandated vaccines, uh, which were mandated back in 2021. And so people are now, a lot of people are suffering harms from the vaccines. No one was held responsible for the mandates. So no one has been put in prison. No one was arrested no one was charged. And the people who forced the mandates on young people, for example, college students, university students, those students are getting cancer. Those students are coming down with neurological problems or autoimmune diseases. But the president of the university and all the top officials of the university, no one has been held responsible 
for the damage that they did to those people. And they can bring those mandates again anytime because no one no one held them responsible. Uh, some of those people, most of those people kept their jobs and they are still, you know, uh, standing behind those mandates to this day. So um, that's what I want to stress is that the damage continues from those mandates and those mandates could come back anytime because no one was held responsible. When it comes to the children, um, you know, this is where it's really um, shocking that these vaccines were pushed on children as young as six months old. So in Canada, they still are now pushing for these COVID vaccines as young as six months old. Um, and what they did was for children 12 to 19, they gave them the adult doses of the vaccine. They didn't test for safety. They just gave it to the kids, adult dose. And what I started to see is, um, you know, there was, I started to see sudden deaths. So children started dying in their sleep. Of course, those cases are, you know, they never link it to the vaccine. Uh, and of course, I started to see children collapsing in school, mostly athletic kids who were playing sports. Uh, so in Canada, we have a lot of hockey players collapsing. In the United States, it's more football, uh, more basketball. You also see it in track and field, for example, kids that do a lot of running, soccer, you know, kids that play soccer. I started to see a lot of these kids collapsing with heart problems, myocarditis, pericarditis. And um, when they survive, you know, they, they have to have a defibrillator installed um, or they might be put on a transplant list. So you see some of these kids that had a cardiac arrest after the vaccine, they end up put on a transplant list. In the United States, it's easier to get a transplant than in Canada. And so some of them will have a heart transplant. Uh, you know, this is, these are very serious, uh, very serious effects. But um, no one seems to have really uh, put a, a big effort in stopping the vaccination of kids I know that in Canada, parents just said, okay, fine. And 80% of kids 12 to 19 in Canada are vaccinated with at least two doses of the COVID-19 vaccine. And I have documented hundreds of deaths of children in that age group on my Substack and on Twitter. Now, when you look at the younger kids, uh, so let's say kids 5 to 11 years old, they decreased the dose. So they made the dose uh, smaller, I think it was one third of the dose, probably because they didn't want the kids dropping dead too obviously. But what I see in those kids is those kids, their their immune system is damaged. And so those kids, because they are in my kids, uh, you know, they're in their classroom, like like these are friends of my kids. My kids are not vaccinated. I'm not vaccinated. But their friends are all vaccinated or almost all of them are vaccinated. They are getting sick all the time. These kids are sick all the time. They're always catching something. And when they get sick, they get very sick. So they get, um, you know, they'll be sick for two weeks, three weeks. They have to stay home from school. Uh, these kids are not doing well. And so I know, I've noticed thousands of these kids, their immune systems are damaged. And we don't know what the long-term outcome of that is. I'm starting to see some cancers in this age group as well. Uh, some aggressive cancers like sarcomas and brain cancers, um, leukemias is another one. Uh, not a lot of cases, but, but, if, but a few cases have started 
in this age group, five to 11 years old. And then you have the youngest kids, which are six months to four or five years old. Um, this is a, again, this is a tragedy. And what I've seen in some of these cases is, um, you know how they, in the past, when kids would, young kids, like six months, one years old, or one and a half years old, they would go for their childhood vaccinations. And sometimes, a few days later, they would die in their crib. And it would be called sudden infant death syndrome. And they would say, we have no idea what caused it, and your baby just died. And that's it, right? So probably most of those cases are, are because of the childhood vaccination. One of those vaccines must have done something to the child. And then a few days later, you have this sudden death. Of course, the doctors never investigate those deaths. They never investigate those deaths. They say, sudden, unexplained death. Sorry, that's, that's it. No, exp no, no investigation. I'm starting to see now these sudden infant deaths in babies and toddlers who had the COVID vaccine, whether they had the Pfizer vaccine or the Moderna vaccine, and then they die in their crib a few days later. Uh, they will have they will die in their sleep. So the the parent will come in and they, they discover the baby is unresponsive, and the baby has died in their crib, and they had a Pfizer or Moderna vaccine a few days before. I've documented about 20, 25 of these cases. Uh, they are in the VAERS system. Many of them are in the VAERS system. Sometimes, you know, the parents will put them on social media. But this is happening with the COVID vaccines in the youngest children. And then we have no idea, the children, you know, who, who don't have the sudden death, we have no idea what's going to happen to these children long term. And even for those, I believe, those, those who don't suffer or don't have a sudden infant disease syndrome, if you think about it, Dr. Marcus, eventually their, their immune system is challenged already. So suddenly they have either, oh, they're asthmatic or they have some GI, they have some skin problem. And, you know, most parents who don't, who still rely so much on the current Western medicine, okay, then they, they don't connect that. But this is already the beginning of furthermore diagnosis in the long run. So, you know, just like any kind of medical history, even before this happened, right? As a professional, as a holistic nurse, I would always ask my clients way before, you know, what happened to their childhood, to their relationships. So, you know, so that's what I wanted to parents and new grandparents to really listen, 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 and and not just to scare you, but because there are solutions. If you're aware of the situation, then there are solutions. And down the road, uh, Dr. Makis, I'm sure, will recommend some solutions that because he's connected also with Dr. McCullough and other people whom we've had. And so, and, and how about, you know, I said within your child's body, but also yours, and that means the adults, look the parents who are maybe pilots, um, flight attendants, and doctors, because I know Dr. Marcus, you were the first one who really um, followed up and who searched on how many doctors are suddenly having the SADS, so the sudden adult. So you want to speak about that? Because I'm kind of like concerned because I travel. <laughs> yes. So, you know, 
people think that uh you know and to this day i get attacked and people say well i'm making this up and and you know i didn't this this was uh, something that i noticed by accident i didn't go searching for this initially but you know as as the vaccines are rolling out of course i noticed the athletes collapsing and and you could tell that that was happening uh, as soon as the vaccines rolled out that athletes were having problems they were having heart problems and they were collapsing and you know some of them dying without explanation and then in canada i know in canada they had they put the vaccine mandates it was it started in august 2021 and they said everyone will have to take two shots every doctor in canada will have to take two shots or you will be put on leave and you will be fired uh, and i know this happened in other places as well but they were very aggressive about it in canada and so i think by october 2021 everyone had to have minimum two vaccines or you were fired and and you know because i wasn't um you know working actively at the time of course i wasn't subjected to a mandate like this so i didn't have to make any kind of decision i had decided long before that that me and my wife my family we were, we were never going to get these vaccines uh, because i had done you know and, and part of i think what saved me was because um i had been giving experimental treatments to cancer patients like end-stage cancer patients i had been doing those clinical trials giving experimental treatments i know you don't give experimental treatments lightly you know uh, anything in medicine that's new you have to be very very careful with it uh, especially if you don't know the long-term effects and so really and, and in medicine you only really give experimental treatments to cancer patients who have failed other treatments they've tried other treatments then they have failed those treatments then you can try to give some experimental treatments. You never give experimental treatments to young, healthy people or children or pregnant women. Like that has that is just absolutely not acceptable uh, in the in the the way the medicine that I was I was taught. So for me, right away, it was like, you know, an experimental vaccine and you're giving it to everybody like that is absolutely unacceptable. Big red flag. You know, so we were never going to we were never going to take it. But I noticed, you know, they mandated the vaccine and then they started rolling out the booster shots and then doctors suddenly started dying. And but it's the way that they were dying. They were dying in their sleep. And I thought, well, there's very few things that can kill you in your sleep. If you're a young, healthy person, you know, either you have one of these very, very rare congenital issues and you got very unlucky. But those things are, you know, those are like one in a million. And then, but then you, I see people dying in their sleep over and over. And these were young, healthy doctors, and they just had their booster shot. So I noticed one doctor had a booster shot. Three days later, he died in his sleep. Another doctor had a booster shot. Two weeks later, he died in his sleep. So I thought, I need to look into this because there's something going on here that is very different, uh, very unusual. And the more I started looking into Canadian doctors dying, unexpectedly the more i found and it was just a process it was just i kept finding more and more and more and so i would try to put this information out of course you know i i, I was on getter which is uh it's like twitter but it's uh you know back when everyone was banned from twitter people had to go to other platforms so they had they had to go to parlor or gab or getter so i was on getter it was a smaller platform but i was putting the information out and then other people were getting that information out to other places uh, so it went viral um and 
but nobody knew that doctors were dying suddenly and unexpectedly after taking the vaccines because no one was keeping track. And once I start keeping track, you know, you have the names and you have the photographs and you have the information and the information just keeps accumulating, accumulating. At some point, the mainstream media came after me and they smeared me, they attacked me and they called me all kinds of names, tried to destroy my reputation. And they say, this is all made up. At that point, it was about 80 doctors that had died suddenly or unexpectedly. And they found a few that, you know, there were a few that had committed suicide which I still count because we know that there's neurological effects from the vaccine. So you cannot rule it out, the effect of the vaccine in someone who's committed suicide. You at least have to investigate if the vaccine and, and neurological injury, if it may have played a part. Because in some of these cases, it may have played a part. But they said, Dr. Marcus is making all of this up and there's no evidence that doctors are being harmed by the vaccines. And then... I sent letters to the Canadian Medical Association. They ignored my letters. I said, look, please at least investigate and ask for the vaccines to be stopped so that the doctors are not mandated to take the vaccines so that we can at least investigate and see what's killing all these young doctors. And, in, and what they did was they went to their own website and they deleted all the doctor deaths from their website um, because they, they, would, they would honor doctors by giving them a space on the website and put something about their career. And so they had, you know, over a thousand doctors on their website who had died over the last years. They deleted everything from their website. They didn't want anybody to investigate what was happening to Canadian doctors. So as I investigated more, I realized it's not just doctors, it's happening to nurses. Nurses are dying suddenly and unexpectedly. It's happening to police officers, it's happening to firefighters, it's happening to the military, uh, to the soldiers, it's happening to teachers, and, and it's happening to pilots, it's happening to flight attendants. Um, and then I realized these are all the professions where they had COVID vaccine mandates where they said, you take the vaccine or you're fired. And this is where the sudden deaths were skyrocketing and people were dying suddenly and unexpectedly when they decided that they would want they, they wanted to keep their job and so they would have to take the COVID vaccines to keep their job. And another place I, I forgot to mention, um, which I think was a big crime, was all the universities and colleges in North America mandated the vaccines on their students and they said, you must take the shot or we will kick you out of university. And they even mandated students that were taking online courses. They were at home. They were they were of no danger to anybody because they were at home and they still told those students, you have to take the vaccine or you're, you're getting kicked out of university. That was a crime. And now I, I see a lot of sudden deaths in university-aged students, 19, 20, 21, 22, 23 years old. These kids are dying suddenly. They're dying in their sleep. They're dying while they're out for a jog or exercising. They're coming down with extremely aggressive cancers, uh, and it's because of the vaccine mandates. And it, it it's uh, it's just very sad because this the the professions that you mentioned are the professions that are highly productive for a nation, for a community, for a nation, for the world. So no wonder why or, or what's happening with our economy that's already like 
you know, questionable and how much more for the future. And then the young people, we always think as an adult that the youth, the babies, the children are our future who should be taking over the responsibility that we've, you know, passed on to us from our parents and now to them as well, but just so bad. Um, yeah, I, I started with just zero podcast in 2020. And in a year, I have thousands because I was bringing all of these critical topics. Because as a nurse, I wasn't contented to talk only about holistic health, preventive medicine in just limited way. I know that everything affects our health. Just why, that's why for people, I, I for our viewers, if, if you listen to Dr. Marcus, if you're still thinking for the viewers that anything you put on your skin, on your body, on your on your mouth, or you inhale, that you think it will just be limited, or let's say um, it, it won't go farther than where it is, like if you're just going in your deltoid. No, no. The, God made a body in such a super way to to protect us, but we it can only be protected if we don't challenge it so much. Okay. So always think of that. So, and there's always a solution, but that is the reality. So and now, and the, the problem, Dr. Marcus, I believe is that there we don't know so much of what they put in there. So I know you you and a few others are are making conversations already about the nano um, the fragments of, of DNA fragments there. And now what's the implication of that? Please educate us. Yeah, you're, you're absolutely right. So so the first important point that you made is we don't know everything that's in the vaccines. Um, so there could be other things in the vaccines that we don't know about. You know, I was reading an article in Bloomberg and um, I believe Pfizer said there's something like 280 components in the vaccine and they cannot tell. Uh, they cannot they cannot divulge what all those components are because it's a uh, you know it's sensitive um, proprietary uh, knowledge that they didn't want to share even with you know the governments that they signed contracts with. But the things that we do know, uh, you know, we we know about the mRNA, which is not mRNA as as in our bodies, but it's artificially modified RNA, and that's and that's that imp very important distinction. That is why they awarded the Nobel Prize, is they modified the mRNA artificially with the pseudouridine, um, one of the nucleotides. They actually made an artificial nucleotide. And the reason they did that was they discovered that they could get past the immune system and suppress the immune system and get this modified mRNA into the body and make it last longer. So it produces the toxic spike protein for a much longer period of time. And this is actually, this is the source of the injuries. And this is what got the Nobel Prize. And so, um, you know, it's there's an irony in this, in that they really re rewarded these scientists for making these vaccines much more toxic than they would have otherwise been. Uh, so that's the first part. The second part is the lipid nanoparticles, which themselves are toxic and which allow the the mRNA to be delivered all over the body and it doesn't stay in the deltoid the the lipid nanoparticles it, it, it's it's um they they end up in the bloodstream and once they end up in the bloodstream they go everywhere they get delivered everywhere they get delivered to the bone marrow they get delivered to the heart to the kidneys to the liver 
uh, they get delivered to the reproductive organs, the testes, the ovaries, right? Now we have reproductive problems, uh, fertility problems. They cross the blood-brain barrier, so they get into the brain. You get spike protein in the brain, all kinds of neurological injuries. And, and what I think is most important is it crosses the placenta. It gets delivered to the baby, to the fetus in a pregnant woman. So they cross the placenta very, very easily. Um, this has been tested with nanoparticles in the past of that type and size. It goes right through the, the, into the, uh, right through the placenta into the fetus. So it's this systemic delivery of this mRNA, this modified mRNA, that is the reason why we are seeing so many injuries and so many different kinds of injuries. Now there's a complication. Like this is all bad enough. The complication now is that now there's DNA contamination in all of these vaccines, the Pfizer and Moderna vaccines. They found DNA contamination in all the vials that have been examined so far. And the DNA contamination is actually from the manufacturing process of how they started to make the mRNA. They actually start with DNA. They make a ring of DNA. They put the spike protein. They put other sequences in there, and they put it into bacteria. They put it into E. coli. They grow the bacteria into billions of copies. Then they take out the DNA, and they transcribe it to the modified mRNA. And then they purify, or they're supposed to purify it, and then the mRNA is what gets injected in the vials, well, mixed with the lipid nanoparticles, and then it gets injected into us. And it turns out they didn't even get rid of the DNA. They were supposed to get rid of the original DNA. They didn't get rid of it. It stays in the vials. Some of it ends up being fragmented. So you get fragments of DNA, uh, and you also get the, the whole, the rings, the plasmids of the DNA as well. This is contamination. This is genetic contamination with foreign DNA that now we're injecting billions of copies of these foreign DNA particles with every vaccine shot. And the Florida Surgeon General, Dr. Jo Joseph Latipo, said, listen, this has been proven, this DNA contamination. And he went back to the FDA and he said, did you test for this? And did you test to see if these foreign DNA is integrating into our DNA? and causing problems like cancer. And they said, no, we didn't test anything. And so, you know, the Florida Surgeon General just a few days ago came out and he said, I am calling for the halt of all these COVID vaccines because they're contaminated with this foreign DNA that could cause cancer. And that is where we're at, where we're at right now. And that's just what we know. Like, this is the contamination. This was only discovered maybe six months ago by Kevin McKernan, who's a geneticist in the United States. He discovered it accidentally. He was doing some sequencing work. He discovered, wait a minute, there's all this other stuff. He discovered it was DNA. He sequenced it. Um, and so this is just the contamination that we know about. And, you know, I know that people talk to me about other types of nanoparticles and nanotechnology and potentially, you know, metals. Um, and other things, and I'm open to the possibility that there are other types of components or contaminations in these vaccines that we don't even know about. Because a year ago, we didn't know about the DNA contamination. Now everybody knows about it. And, you know, in Florida, they're trying to stop the vaccines because of it. But there could be other contaminants that we don't even know about yet. It's like a 
it's like a serious puzzle. And if it's an ordinary product, you know, <laughs> the, the whole public will be up, pro, up on our arms and then they'll, they'll pull it back. So, yeah, I, I'm glad that that's what's happening. And I, believe, I, I also know other people now, I'm really calling, you know, calling the the stopping of the mandates, stopping of the vaccines, yeah. because it's if it's if it's a poisonous thing, and Dr. McCullough would even say it's like a gift that keeps giving, but I don't yeah. even want to use the word a gift because it's not a gift. A gift should make you feel good. So yeah. it's a poison that keeps it's poisoning poison. you. It's okay. it's I think the best word for this is it's a poison. And, you know, anyone who's had a vaccine, you know, like you said, you know, we don't want to scare people and we don't want, you know, to frighten people unnecessarily. But anyone who's taken this vaccine must at least consider that they were poisoned. And, and maybe the poison, you know what, maybe the poison, you know, maybe it didn't work or maybe it was in very low quantities, um, but or maybe their body can handle it well, and they don't feel side effects. We don't know the long-term effects, but I think everyone has to at least consider the possibility that they were poisoned by this. And that's why, you know, I always recommend um, take a proactive approach to your health and, and take control of your own health. Because if you wait until you have the heart attack or until you have the stroke or until you know, a lot of the died suddenly cases that I report, most of those people didn't have a warning sign. You know, they didn't have health problems. They were sometimes I look at their social media, they were posting until the day they died. You know, and everything was fine. They had no issues until the day they died suddenly. And, and so I think this is forcing really this, this attack on people. I think it's really forcing um, all of us to take control of our own health. We cannot rely on medicine. We cannot rely on doctors. We can see that doctors are pushing this poison and they and almost all the doctors continue to push this poison on their patients because they want to keep their job. They want to keep their medical license. So you cannot rely on the medical establishment. Uh, you cannot rely on the politicians. You cannot rely on the media, which is lying to us. Uh, it really forces us to take responsibility for our health and take control of our own health. That's when I always say, own your health, manage your health. And I still remember, to, you know, the first time in, in the 19, uh, late 1980s, 1990s, when I go home to the Philippines, and my, my family usually create an, a community for me to speak on health because they know before I came to America, I'm an avid practitioner for holistic indigenous medicine. So when I tell them, be your own doctor, be your own nutritionist, just be your own whatever, you know, and that means stop, start studying, keep studying, and then you won't fall for anything of manipulation of mind and the spiritual thing. So those are really crucial. Now, um, Dr. Marquis, what do you think, how come some countries, the same thing as some people, right? But I, I wanna emphasize that in Japan, they already have that advanced self-amplified mRNA product. So how come certain countries kind of like just gravitate to that? And I'm glad we don't have it. Yeah. Oh, no. 
Well, that's so that so that's a good question. Um, you know, I have seen this tragedy unfold. You know, when you think of highly vaccinated countries, you think of countries like Canada, Australia, United Kingdom, New Zealand. Uh, but you know, when I report the sudden deaths, I see a lot of sudden deaths in the Philippines. I see a lot of sudden deaths in Japan, and you know, I was shocked to find out that Japan is one of the most mRNA vaccinated countries in the world. I think there, I think they have given 300 mRNA vaccines, more than 300 vaccines for every 100 Japanese people uh, population. So, so more than three vaccines, mRNA vaccines for every man, woman, and child in Japan. That is crazy. They have given almost 400 million doses of mRNA vaccines in Japan. I think it has to be corruption of the government um, because for every government, they had to sign a deal with these vaccine manufacturers. They had to sign a contract. And we were told in Canada, actually, it was a, quite a scandal. Recently, we were told in Canada by one of the uh, members of the, uh, of the Justin Trudeau government, he said, well, we didn't even have time to read the contracts and we had no leverage because uh, we wanted the vaccines and uh, everyone was competing with us for the vaccines. So we just signed the contract without, you know, putting any pushback on the vaccine manufacturer. So I think, you know, it's, it's the governments who are signing these contracts. They're ordering the vaccines for their population. The population is, you know, I mean, of course, each person decides whether they take the vaccine or not. And, and that's where individual choice comes in. And of course, some people, you know, they chose not to take the vaccine and they lost their job because of it. But it's the governments that are doing this to their own people. And in, the Japanese government must be extremely corrupt to have injected or to have bought so many mRNA vaccines for its population. And now there's a, there's a company, uh, it's a US company collaborating with a Japanese company that has brought this self-amplifying mRNA vaccine technology to Japan and Japan has approved it. So the Japanese government has approved this vaccine. I looked at this vaccine in detail and it's it's basically, it's just a much worse version of the Pfizer and Moderna vaccines because the Pfizer and Moderna vaccines, they, they put the mRNA in the lipid nanoparticle and you get a certain dose of it. And it's very toxic. It's, it's basically poison. Um, and, you know, now some people may get more, some people may get less, depends on, you know, the manufacturing process. We know that the vaccine batches are all different. So some people got more mRNA, some people got less. And so the people who got less, maybe they don't have the side of as much side effects. But the problem with the self-amplifying is that they made the mRNA bigger and they put additional genetic sequences in there. And those extra sequences are proteins that are able to replicate the mRNA once you get injected with it. So now, not only are you in getting injected with a certain quantity of this toxic mRNA, which will make the toxic spike protein, but now you're injecting it with the ability to replicate itself, to make more copies of mRNA inside the body, which will then make that much more spike protein. So they said, oh, well, this is good because we can give you less mRNA, but it'll make more spike protein. Well, 
the spike protein is toxic and the mRNA, you're giving it the ability to make extra copies of itself. They don't tell you how many times it'll keep copying itself. There's no limit on it. I mean, at some point, you assume that it'll the body will break it down. But they said, well, you know, it can keep making um, it can keep making extra mRNA for up to a month. And so this is a technology that is a nightmare. Like, th like this is nightmare technology. And so imagine with this technology, if you're exposed to shedding. So normally with the Pfizer or Moderna vaccine, if you're exposed to shedding from somebody else, okay, you get a little bit of exposure to maybe the, the lipid nanoparticle, the mRNA or the spike protein, but it's a limited quantity and your body, your body's immune system usually deals with it. Some people have stronger reactions. Some people have no reaction to shedding. But imagine with this technology, you're exposed to shedding and you start with a small quantity, but this thing can make more copies of itself. So if it gets inside your body, now it's making many more copies of itself and it's like you're vaccinated and you didn't take the vaccine, right? That is the problem with this technology, that this technology is so dangerous. And it's the same problems is, is they, they don't know anything about this technology. They just know that it'll make a lot more copies of itself. It'll make a lot more spike protein, but they don't know for how long or how, how, how much spike protein you're producing. There's all the questions that we have about the original mRNA vaccines. They stay unanswered with the new vaccines, except the new ones are that much more dangerous. And we're truly blessed to have Dr. Marquez and other people who are knowledgeable and who are very eloquent in bringing this to the attention of the public, okay? So that, because that means there's a solution down the road. So it's not like the, the end. It's like, like we, do, we have to acquiesce in everything. It's only when we keep quiet that's when we acquiesce. And Dr. Peter McCullough would even say that if you don't do anything, you are also a complicit to the crimes to humanity. So, and I don't know how people can sleep, and you know, thinking that they don't have to be participative in making the change. So, um, Dr. Marcus, there's there was also one situation about so you know, um, please talk also about the pregnant women or the, the women. I know you're not an OBGYN, but nevertheless, yeah. you've been all over because that's again, the future of our society is to replicate, to rep reproduce. That's what God said, go and multiply. You know, these, these uh, COVID vaccines are extremely dangerous for pregnant women. And again, I, I, I've seen it from, from cases uh, whether it's in the VAERS reporting system or just cases that people put on social media, um, you know, pregnant women are having all kinds of very serious side effects. Uh, they can have cardiac arrests. They can have blood clots. They have problems with premature, uh, premature labor. So, you know, they will often go into premature labor uh, many weeks before the baby is due. They have problems during delivery. Uh, they have complications. They have bleeding complications. And then after delivery, uh, they, they also seem to have a lot of complications, uh, usually related to blood clots. Uh, so they develop blood clots in their lungs or blood clots in their legs. Um, some of these complications are fatal. You know, these women end up dying 
uh, because of these complications. Uh, so extremely dangerous to the mother, uh, these vaccines. And, you know, if the mother has uh, a miscarriage or stillbirth, some of these mothers, then they cannot get pregnant again. They try to get pregnant again, and they find out they have some kind of a mysterious infertility. Um, you know, I covered a, a several of these cases. There was one case of a military, a woman in the military who was forced to have a vaccine while pregnant uh, by the military. Uh, she had a, a stillbirth, so the baby died, and now she cannot get pregnant anymore. Uh, they've been trying, and doctors told her, you have a mysterious uh, fertility problem we cannot explain. So, and then of course, there's the, there's the damage to the baby. And so the damage to the fetus, you know, early on, you can get congenital malformations. Nobody talks about this, but you can get malformations of the heart, malformations of the brain. And usually what happens is that, is that fetus dies. And so, you know, they usually have to do a, what's called a, uh, like a medical termination of pregnancy. So, um, you know, the baby dies because the malformations are not compatible with life. Um, sometimes you can get blood clots in the placenta uh, or scarring in the placenta. And then that causes the baby to either stop growing or not grow properly. The, the growth really slows down. And then those babies have complications. The, the, uh, sometimes they survive. Sometimes they don't. Um, but they, they, they have complications. And now I'm just now starting to see some cancers in, in newborns. Uh, what's really shocking is I've even seen cancers of babies in utero before they're born. When they do the ultrasound, they discover that the baby has a cancer that's growing in the womb before the baby's even born. Some of these babies are coming down with cancer. So it, it, it's just absolutely tragic to see these stories and to see, you know, um, every medical authority in North America is recommending these vaccines in pregnancy, I think, except Florida. Uh, but everywhere else in North America, they're still pushing this on pregnant women. It, it's just uh, it's a crime. It's a crime against humanity. Um, it, it's an attack. It, it's really an attack on our future generations. Uh, and that doesn't even, you know, I haven't even started talking about the problems, um, the fertility problems when the lipid nanoparticles with the vaccine, they end up in the testes, they end up in the ovaries. So now I'm seeing testicular cancers, I'm seeing ovarian cancers. Uh, pathologist, Dr. Arne Burkhardt, you know, he looked at the, the sperm production for men. He says it's destroyed. Uh, in some men by the vaccine. So uh, some vaccinated people will have fertility issues in the future that we don't fully understand right now. Uh, we see the birth rates are going down. Um, so this is a this is a terrible product, but but it's ex especially dangerous for pregnant women. And I don't see, like I can I cannot understand, like you said, how do people sleep at night recommending this poison? To pregnant women, so many so many pregnant women are having problems, and they're covering it up, and they keep pushing it on pregnant women. And what um, Dr. Makis had shared to us is just tip of the iceberg. Okay, there's much, much, much more that he could have shared to us. Uh, I but I wanted to um, 
give him more time to recommend to us what can be done in you know, not physically among the group and other things because he can't do this work by himself or by just his team okay we need also to be participative to what we're what we what we imagine we want okay and just also remember that there's a power of your intention of our intention and our intention creates some chemical reactions in our body to so that you know and this is already as dr marcus mentioned earlier so when we at least know that we're being poisoned that's that's a road that's one baby step already so your intention is a one baby step but that's really bad so dr more on how what we do or what can each of us do because i don't want it to be just what you're doing you know uh, i think right now i think knowledge is the most important uh part of this and and really you know sharing knowledge not just you know learning more about this and what what's being done to us but but sharing knowledge and that's why you know part of what i put out is as articles on things that people can do uh, to help themselves if they've been vaccine injured um, or if they've developed cancer and things like that. Knowledge, I think, is very important um, and to share the knowledge because what's interesting right now is that part of this attack on humanity is censorship. And, and people don't realize that, yes, you know, Twitter, because Elon Musk bought it, and so there's freedom on Twitter and we can share all of this knowledge, but you cannot share this knowledge on other platforms. Um, you know, I've had like if you try to put an interview with me on 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 YouTube, uh, you'll lose your account. Or if you put it on Facebook, it'll get deleted. Uh, you put it on Instagram, it'll get deleted. Like I never put, you know, my interviews on Instagram or I never put uh, even articles or any any kind of text talking about the vaccines on Instagram because it'll get deleted. I've been threatened. I've been threatened on Instagram. I've been threatened on LinkedIn, which, you know, is just a this professional. It's like a professional Facebook for jobs. But I've tried to put some articles there and they've threatened me there as well. So we actually have this big mechanism of censorship where they are trying to stop knowledge from being shared. They want people to keep taking the vaccines. They want people sick. They want people disabled. They want people dependent on the pharmaceutical industry uh, to be dependent on pharmaceutical drugs. And so what we see is, is, is not just this push to get more mRNA vaccines into the market, but they are also focusing on drugs to treat the injuries that they've caused. And we see this now. Pfizer invested $43 billion to buy a company that treats cancer. And a lot of the cancers that their product causes, now they're going to sell drugs to treat all these injuries. And But you can only do that if you are suppressing knowledge of the dangers and, and the damage of the vaccines and then potential solutions. And so I think breaking through this censorship is probably the most important thing, sharing this knowledge, you know, and I always say, well, you cannot save everybody, but you know, you can share it with a loved one. Uh, you can share it with, you know, with, with, with family, with friends, with your doctor, 
you know, I have people telling me that they bring my articles to their doctor's office and they give it to their doctor, right? And maybe their doctor will ignore it, but, you know, at least you are making, a, you're planting a seed, right? Every time you, you share something or, or you share knowledge, you're planting a seed. And that seed may grow into something or it might not grow into anything, but you are planting that seed. And I think, I think the sharing of the knowledge, I think, is so important. Um, that's why, you know, we know that, you know, we've been exposed to this poison. They keep pushing it. And I always see, you know, the most important thing is to stop, is to stop taking these products. Um, because if nobody takes the products, then they, there's nothing they can do. You know, they can build all the vaccine factories they want. They, they, they're spending billions of dollars building mRNA vaccine factories around the world. But if nobody takes the vaccines, the vaccines go in the garbage. And these people lose the money. Eventually, they have to shut down the factories. That's the, that's the most important thing is non-compliance. Stop taking these toxic products. Stop taking you know, the pharmaceutical products that are most likely doing more harm to your body than good. And that's not just the mRNA vaccines. You know, now doctors like myself and other uh, health practitioners are looking again at the childhood vaccines uh, that, you know, before that we might have assumed were safe in the past. And now they may not be, you know, it's, it's the trust in medicine has been lost. Um, you know, there's other drugs, whether it's, it's psychiatric drugs, uh, whether it's opio opioid drugs, uh, drugs for, you know, heart disease or for uh, cholesterol. Some of these drugs might be doing more harm than good. Uh, they might be causing more damage. And, and so it, it's, it's so important for everyone to reevaluate what they're putting in their body and, um, you know, to really look at that closely. And probably the most important thing you can do is to stop taking these, uh, stop taking these vaccines, these mRNA vaccines uh, or any other vaccines they're going to put on the market uh, because they're, go they're going to use the same toxic technology. Look at whatever other drugs you may be taking right now. Maybe you don't need to be taking those drugs and, and, and start looking for and finding health practitioners mm -hmm. of any kind who are awake and who have the same um you know who have the same ethics and morals that that you do that you maybe someone you trust um and i think you know people will have to find health practitioners uh who are actually want to help them and who are not you know, working for the for the pharmaceutical industry or for you know politicians, uh, because this is the big thing right now is that people have lost trust of the doctors that are pushing this poison on them. People have lost trust in in nurses that uh, have been you know pushing these pushing these products, and I think the healthcare system as it is 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 collapsing, and I think it will collapse, and I think it deserves to collapse because so many people have have abandoned their ethics their medical ethics and and the oath that they went into medicine or nursing they went in with the intent to help people and instead they ended up harming people and i think you know if you're part of this medical establishment that's harming people i think this establishment deserves to collapse and people need to find new health healthcare practitioners 
uh, or someone in in their area or someone that they know that they should support. Uh, and then this is going to be the future of, of, of medicine and healthcare is there's going to be alternative healthcare uh, springing up everywhere, everywhere around us. I strongly concur. And it's truly about time. It's, it's amazing. It took this long and it took, it took this tragedy. Even when I was young, I always get attracted to physicians and other practitioners who are like who are different, who are looking into other things. And so for all of us there, you you be comfortable with being a being different. Okay. And then yeah, connect with people and how part of how you discern or which practitioner is always see what they've been doing before and currently. And because uh, even pharmaceutical companies are absorbing some nutri nutraceutical companies. So yeah. think of that, okay? So trust, you always go to the different um, websites of my guests because I truly honor that they're checking who their connections are because that's what's most important because we're all infiltrated from all angles. And yeah. I'm hoping truly that the alternative complementary medicine run by those also doctors who did not who are awake, okay? Because some yeah. of them also bought the narrative. So who are awake, go to them and feel yeah. free to connect. And, and, you know, I, and I think it's important when you look at um, healthcare, you know, well, when you look at health practitioners, you know, you want someone who is willing to explore, um, explore medicines and 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 healing options uh, that others may have said no, this doesn't work, or 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 you know this is nonsense. Because that's what I run in, run into is is people will, for example, they'll go to their oncologist and they will say, well, I want, I would like, you know, could you get me some uh, IV vitamin C? You know, you know, there's a lot of evidence that IV vitamin C infusions can help cancer patients. And the oncologist will say, "Oh, that's nonsense. That doesn't work. I'm not even gonna. I'm not even gonna consider it." Right? Those people are not real doctors, right? If if you're if you're willing to just completely ignore uh, treatment options just because you know it doesn't fall into some protocol, medical protocol, you're, you're not really being a real doctor. You're you're not being a real health practitioner. And, you know, what I'm trying to do right now, um, I'm trying to look into some of these, um, you know, treatment approaches that were abandoned or suppressed for whatever reason. Um, and, you know, but there's evidence that they help people. And if, if there is evidence that people are being helped, they should be looked into, they should be tried. Right. And so some people will have clinics and they'll be able to try these things. Um, but you know, you have to go to someone who's open-minded and, and someone who is not, uh, being held hostage, you know, by, by the pharmaceutical industry. And as you mentioned, the pharmaceutical industry is going to try to get into the natural health products. They're going to try to, you know, they're going to try to co-opt some people in, in the health freedom movement as well. Um, you know, it is a dangerous time right now, uh, because, this this pharmaceutical industry it's there's so much money involved and they're so greedy um that 
you know, they're, they're willing to do anything. They're willing to buy anybody. We, we saw, you know, they were willing to buy politicians. They're willing to buy the media. They're willing to spend a lot of money to buy anyone they can so that they can push their toxic products. Um, and I think, and I think people need to really get comfortable. Like you said, people have to get comfortable with supporting health practitioners who are different and who are willing to have an open mind and willing to explore what can really help people. Uh, and I think that is the way, that is the way to go. Wow. I like our ending because if it would be my choice, I will never end talking to you, <laughs> but I know you're such a busy person. And uh, yeah, when I, I still, this is a side story. When I went to visit Cuba last time, way before, and I deliberately went to the their biggest hospital and I asked them what, if they're, what they're allowing as an alternative medicine, they're allowing so many things. But the, the, the one that impressed me most is they're allowing their, their is there, is there a, it's not, it's not, let's see what, I can't remember. Oh, but anyway, it's a different kind of religion practice, a spiritual practice. They're allowing them to come into the patient's room. Okay. Okay. And so for me, yeah, it's, it's okay to be different, claim and each country, its culture has that God gave it. God gave the healing ways through each of us. So yes. claim that. Claim that. And yes, Dr. Marcus is around. Please support and follow him in substack.com. You can do whatever you need to do with his uh, you know, references and resources. Right? And yeah. And it, I hope to see you again next time. And yeah, tell whatever your last parting words. And as I say, I can keep you forever, but let me let you decide that you have to go. Well, thank you. I, I appreciate you having me on. You know, I, I'm on Twitter at MacusMD and I'm on Substack. It's MacusMD.substack.com. And, you know, it's it's like I said, it's knowledge right now. I think knowledge, knowledge is power. And, you know, these people that are that are doing this to us and, and that are pushing these toxic products, they know that knowledge is power. They actually tell us that misinformation is the biggest danger to the world right now. What they're really saying is that knowledge that they don't want shared is the biggest danger to them. And, and I think so. So this is it. It's, it's sharing the knowledge is so important. Um, and because this, this is how, you know, this is how we prevail. This is how humanity prevails, uh, over these evil, evil individuals who are really attacking humanity. They're, they're attacking us. They're attacking our children. They're attacking the future generation. And, you know, we have to push back and, and we push back by, uh, you know, by acquiring knowledge and by sharing knowledge. So thank you very much for for having me on, and I and I wish you and and you know your listeners and followers uh, all the best. And I I posted here my cell phone because, as a friend said, I've been given a lot of medal of awards for censorship. So, but feel free, feel free, oh my dear followers and audience, you can always text me if I don't see anything when I do the live stream at 609-203-5854. Now and in the future, feel free, okay? Because I'm done with YouTube, but 
just like just like Dr. Mackey's, we all find ways to be able to share. We're small, big. It's okay. It's all right. We just keep going. And That's take right. care, everyone. And again, don't let anything or anyone take the joy out of your life because we are empowered in alignment with source. And next time, Dr. Makis will be back again. And don't forget, like, subscribe, um, donate when you can, okay? It's free to subscribe. And it will be in Brighton, BitChute, Rumble, um, all, other, all other things except YouTube. <laughs> and Facebook is funny me facebook but it's okay all right take care and source bless